Welcome back in, everybody, to Tide Talk Live. Stacey Blackwood joined, as always, by Jake Thomas for our preview and prediction show for Chattanooga at Alabama. Week 12 of the season is upon us. Just two games remaining in the regular season, whether you can believe it or not. Uh, Jake, uh, you know, it's not the, the, the biggest contest of the weekend, but it is for Alabama because it's their next game, so it's important. Uh, good to talk to you, buddy, about the game. Glad, good to catch up. Cannot wait to dive into this matchup and give our thoughts and opinions on what's going to go down in Tuscaloosa this weekend. How you doing, buddy? And you, you excited for this weekend? Yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, it it sucks for Chattanooga, you know, because they're the next man next man up and uh, to, to take a beat down. And I hope that's what we have. I hope we don't see any kind of letdown or any kind of USF, you know, energy come out in, in this game we, we don't need a close game we you know just right off the bat i feel like we need to to take control early that way by at least mid third quarter we can we can put some some subs in that way some of our guys or starters can get some rest especially with that iron bowl looking like it's shaping up to be a fun one now since auburn has finally found an offense so yeah no doubt about that uh can't wait to kind of talk about that matchup next week and that's that's going to be a lot of fun that's always a obviously a big game especially here in the state of alabama for for both programs so looking forward to that matchup and like you mentioned auburn has finally kind of found themselves now they have played you know the, the bottom feeders of the sec so that's yep. probably helped them out a little bit uh but they are getting better under coach hugh freeze and I, that's not really surprising to me and or, or to you i'm sure because he's a good right. football coach but you know we'll talk about auburn when it is Auburn week. we ha Alabama has Chattanooga this weekend. And, and like you mentioned, I think it's important for Alabama to not come out, you know, sloppy, to, to be focused. And, and Jake, I think if the Kentucky game kind of taught us anything, it's what was that this team kind of has the right mindset in these mm -hmm. type of games. So I, I feel like they're, they're kind of, you know, they kind of have that mojo right now. I think they're playing with confidence. I, I think they're playing with belief. And I think they're playing with an edge that that's going to help them prevent or prevent them from kind of coming out sloppy against Chattanooga. Right. Yeah, I agree, Stacey. We, you know, we saw, I would say a different team, you know, in China, you know, that played Kentucky last week because, you know, the offense ha has got going early on in some games, but it hasn't been consistent. You know, it was really consistent. I mean, it had, I think three straight drives. I had three straight scores uh, and put it in, uh, in the end zone, not just field goals, but in the end zone. And then, you know, it kind of sputtered again, but but we had some weird mishaps happen and then some things went awry that, that went against us, but we was able to settle down. And then, you know, in the third quarter, we took control of that game again. So the energy level throughout the entire game, though, was really high. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. You know, I know it's Chattanooga, but like I said earlier, we don't need to play down to this opponent. We've got to come out strong and keep that offensive rhythm going, uh, especially in, in this game, just to just to get some, you know, some momentum and, and for for the next game. But this game right here, we got to start out strong. I agree 100 percent. We're going to talk more about that game here in just a minute. But if you're not already, make sure you do subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Our, our channel is growing. We're closing in on twenty five hundred subscribers. So help us reach that goal and then we'll just create a new goal and just continue to build our brand here on youtube we're also free and available on any podcast platform so make sure you find us whether it's on apple or spotify amazon music just wherever you find great podcasts you can find tide talk live and right. uh, we're obviously available on, on social media as well facebook instagram twitter x uh tiktok 
we're all over the place. So just if you Google Ty Talk Live, you're going to find us on all those platforms, and, and we would certainly appreciate a follow or subscription on any of those uh, things. All right, Jake, as we look at this matchup, uh, we always start with keys to victory, and, and we usually look at it from each side of the ball. But I, I'll be honest with you, I think we've kind of discussed the biggest key to victory for Alabama in this game against Chattanooga because let's just call a spade a spade. Alabama has better players. Alabama has better coaches. They're yeah. bigger. They're stronger. They're faster. They're all the above. They're, they totally outclass Chattanooga. So th- this game is 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 going to be critical for Alabama from a mindset standpoint, and I think we kind of talked about that in the introduction. So in my opinion, this game just boils down to not X's and O's, not Jimmy's and Joe's. It does come down to Jimmy's and Joe's because ours are just so much better than Chattanooga's. Right. But it, it, it comes down to the mindset of this Alabama football team. Jake, if this team shows up ready to play, you know, not sleepwalking at 11 o'clock in the morning against the Chattanooga Mocs. Jake, they're going to take care of business early and often, and this game should be over with, you know, by the second quarter. So, to mm-hmm. me, the key to victory for Alabama is is not what kind of game plan Tommy Reese can, can come up with, not what kind of game plan Kevin Steele can come up with. It's what these Alabama players decide to do when they take the field at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Yeah, I agree, Stacey. It's all about, about the execution, and, and these guys are starting to execute at a high level at, at the moment. Uh, you know, one one good thing about about that is the offensive line is playing a lot better. The execution the offensive line has gotten uh, tremendously improved throughout the entire season. Zero sats last week. So I feel like that's going to be one of the keys for me is to make sure we don't give up any sats to the Chattanooga Mobs because if we didn't give any – up to Kentucky, who's got a good front seven, by the way. We shouldn't we shouldn't allow anybody in the backfield uh, against Chattanooga this week. So, uh, you know, the offensive line is going to be key for me to continue to grow and develop and become, you know, that force up front like they've been talking about all season. And we was critical of them start out the season because they wasn't doing that. All that talk was for naught. Now they're finally starting to talk, you know, back that talk up, and I'm glad to see it because those guys, those guys are, you know, behemoths. They, if they want to, they can push anybody in the country around, and you're starting to see that now. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Chattanooga's pass rush because, mm-hmm. uh, for, for those who don't know, I write for Real Tide Wire, part of the USA Today Network, mm-hmm. and uh, each Wednesday leading up to the opponent, the opponent album's play, and I kind of give everybody five things to know about that opponent. And one of those was about Chattanooga's pass rush. They actually have two pretty solid pass rushers, Jake, uh, Jay Person and Ben Bruton. So remember those two names. One's a defensive lineman and one's kind of a linebacker, kind of a hybrid top outside linebacker, inside linebacker guy. Uh, but they've combined for 13 and a half sacks on the season. One guy has uh, seven and a half and one guy has six. So, you know, they're pretty good pass rushers. You know, I know their competition level is not SEC caliber, right. but – they're, they're going to test this, this these album offensive tackles and most more specifically Caden Proctor and you have to believe that the that Chattanooga's defensive coordinator is going to try to attack the true freshman left tackle for Alabama so like you said this offensive line needs to show up and play well just like they did on the road against Kentucky who does have a pretty good front seven as well so mm-hmm. I think it's important for Alabama's offensive line to come out and play strong especially in pass protection to protect Jalen Milrow need to keep him healthy and 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 just kind of build on the the positive momentum that those guys up front have made. And it's not just Proctor. Seth McLaughlin's snaps have been better. He's blocking mm-hmm. better. So I just think as a whole, this unit is playing much better. 
And and I think they need to continue that, like you said, uh, on Saturday against Chattanooga. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing I want I want to see a little bit more of is getting some rushing lanes uh, from the offensive linemen. You know, we, we've they they're getting better in their in the rushing attack, but I would still like to see that rushing attack get a little bit more consistent than what it has been. And uh, you know, this is a good opportunity for that to happen against Chattanooga. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think there's been some lanes from time to time because <laughs> if you notice, it seems like in the second half of games. Jace McClellan is a little more decisive when he right. runs the football. He gets he gets downhill a little quicker in the second half of games, which allows him to be more productive uh, on the ground. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. The offensive line is is not quite where it needs to be uh, in run blocking, but I also think the backs have got to help them out some. They they got right. to be more decisive. They got to hit the lanes when they're there. They got to know when to bounce it. So, I, it's a team effort, Jake. Like like mm-hmm. it always is in football. It's a team effort. The five guys up front have to block well, and the backs have to hit the holes that are there. So, uh, like you said, it's important that the ground game gets going as well against Chattanooga because I thought in the second half against Kentucky that was really important because you know Alabama had the big lead. The only way that Kentucky was going to be able to come back is if the defense just collapsed and if the offense was not able to run the football and the offense really just ran the the air out of the ball there in the yep. second half behind, you know, Jays and Rodell and even Justice Haynes a little bit and Jam Miller. So uh, I agree a hundred percent. Got to get that ground go ground game going a little bit better offensively for Alabama. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake, um, you look at some players to watch in this matchup against Chattanooga. You know, I, I want to look at some younger guys because, you know, I, you know, and Saban would never want to talk about this, but this is a game where you get to see a lot of younger players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, though, Alabama is playing a lot of young players already. Right. So it, this is kind of a weird situation for Alabama. I think, you know, maybe you see more of Justice Haynes this coming weekend than you've seen all year. But, you know, really outside of that, Jake, I'm not sure – who's really going to play a ton that's that's that hasn't really been a little bit of a contributor already yeah you're you're right stacy and um you know I, I didn't really think about the younger guys playing because we had so many like you said playing already but but it is a, it is a fact if i've got two things i want to say as a standpoint of, of players to watch um like on the first team defense i want to see how you know, Kool-Aid and, and Terry and Arnold and those corners do because Saban did come say in his press conference today that, that Chattanooga does have two wide receivers that, that are SEC caliber. So, I mean, I know they're on Chattanooga, but they're still really good at, in, you know, at their craft, and that is playing football. So, they're, they're going they're going to have a challenge this week. So, yeah, and, and, and spe- spe- not to cut you off, but speaking of those receivers, mm-hmm. another thing I listed and what you need to know about Chattanooga is their three leading receivers, Jake. Listen to these numbers from their three, their top three receivers. They have combi- combined for 147 catches for 2,246 yards and 16 touchdowns. Wow, that's a lot. And they, they, they've got three quality receivers, and their mm-hmm. top two guys are are really, really good. Uh, uh, Javen Watley and Jamoy May- Mays are the two guys who are they're, they're number one and number two guys. And the other, the third option is Sam Phillips. So they have three targets that are really good. But those two, there's those top two players, Jake, they're really good football players. I, I've watched some of their their, their tape and uh, the, they, they can go get it, Jake. So Kool Aid mm-hmm. and Terrion and, and Trey Amos and, and all those guys, they're going to have to be on their game 
to to not allow those guys to make big plays, especially early in that contest, and and get, don't give them any sort of momentum in the game. Yeah, absolutely. So I got my eyes on on, on the veterans and that aspect at corners uh, during this game. But as as a younger person, I want to see step up and, and maybe play a lot more in this game. He's played a little bit, but I like to see James Smith on that defensive front get some playing time. You know, he's had flashes and. and I think in the, in the USF game uh, earlier in the year, he played a good bit in it. And it seemed like he was working his guy over. He was getting to the backfield. I haven't really seen much of him since, but we got so many good guys in front of him. But this is an opportunity for him to make a claim that say, hey, this is the future. I'm the future of the defensive line, and this is what where you're going to see more of me, not only in this game, but for, for next year and years to come. So I, I've got my eye to see if he does anything spectacular in this game. Yeah, when I thought about young players who could, you know, kind of jump off the screen this weekend, I thought of Justice Haynes offensively at running back and then James Smith along the defensive line because I think, like you, both those guys have played a little bit. and right. But I, I'm not sure either guy has kind of met the expectations that a lot of us had for those two players this season. Mm -hmm. But the truth is it's really not their fault. It's more that the, the older players – have been productive enough that yeah. you can't take him off the field. So mm -hmm. it, it's 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 kind of a win-win situation because, you know, you would like to see a little bit more of Justice Haynes or James Smith, but, I mean, you're going to take out Jace and Roydell and, and Jam? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, are you going to take out Justin Aboyby, Tim Smith, Tim Keenan, uh, Jamarian Latham? I mean, are you going to take out yeah. those guys? So right. uh, Damon Payne has played really well when he's gotten in. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of one of those things where maybe they haven't met the expectations, but it's basically because the uh, the guys in front of them played so well they can't come out of the game. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I think it's that's a win-win for Alabama because they've played enough to get some reps and experience, but you know they, they're not getting enough playing time simply because those veteran guys have stepped up and become the players that we thought they could be. Yeah, you said it all right there, Stacey, about you know stepping up and being – the players that we thought they could be. You know, we talked about Tim Smith, Justin Borgby, uh doing just that. You know, we I really thought James Smith was going to see a lot more playing time this year because how inconsistent the offensive line has been in, in recent years. But they finally stepped up and started playing this year. And, and you know, I don't want to pull Tim Smith off the field right now. I don't want to pull Justin Borgby off the field right now. I don't want to pull Tim Keenan off the field right now. But those guys are playing so great. And then and then the twos behind them, like you said, Jamarion Latham, and Jaheim uh, Otis, Jaheim Otis. I mean, who you you can't pull them guys off the field when they're playing right now because they're playing at a high level. And like you said, that's just a win-win because that's seems like that's been success. One of the success stories on the defensive side this year is how great the defensive line has played. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think that's mm -hmm. been maybe you know outside of Milrose development at quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think the story of the season for Alabama is the improvement along the defensive line. Right. I really believe that. I really believe that. I agree. All right, Jake, uh, bold prediction time. Uh, this is always fun. Uh, I, I want one, a bold prediction offensively and a bold prediction defensively from you. Uh, offensively, bold prediction, Alabama totals 600 yards plus total yards this, you know, offensively this week. I think – I think Milro probably have a pretty good day through the air and, and with his legs. And then I really think we start seeing a little bit, uh, you know, 70, may, maybe a couple of guys get within 75, 80 yards rushing, two or three guys potentially. So I really think it's going to be a, a big game offensively. And defensively, 
I'm going to say we have uh, three turnovers, you know, whether it be interceptions or fumble recoveries. And I think one of those could potentially go for a pick six or, or a scoop and score. Okay. Well, you kind of you kind of stole my thunder a little bit defensively because <laughs> my bold prediction defensively was that Alabama would get a, a defensive touchdown in the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll both go with that defensively and offensively. My bold prediction is that uh, that people will not be able to stop talking about Justice Haynes after the game. I love it. <laughs> I I, th- I think he's probably going to start seeing reps in the second quarter of this game, you know, and, and really play a ton in the second half. And it would surprise me if he went over 100 yards in the game. Mm-hmm. And and I think it just starts generating so much buzz for him, you know, moving forward. Uh, even though people realize it's just Chattanooga, I just I, I think I think you even saw a little bit of it against Kentucky there late in that game, Jake, of just he just right. runs different, man. I don't know what it is. He's just got a different. He's just he's got a different gear mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but the dude just picks up yards. It's it's yeah. he he's got an incredible knack for for picking up positive yards every time he touches the football. So excited to see what he can do possibly this weekend against Chattanooga. So that's my bold prediction offensively that Justice Haynes will be the talk of the town following his performance Saturday. Uh, um, and, and, and go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say off that, you know, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, we've seen flashes, but we haven't seen a lot of Justice Haynes. So, honestly, college football really don't know what to expect with him just yet. So, he has one big game. I mean, like you said, he's going to be the talk of the town and probably talk of the nation because he is a special player. He mm-hmm. hasn't got, you know, a lot of touches yet. He's shown flashes. But he gets twenty carries in this in this game and has over a hundred yards. You're going you're going to know who Justice Haynes is for sure, no doubt about it. Hey, speaking of of kind of the way he played last week, uh, real quickly, I, I thought Ty Simpson yeah. looked so calm and, and and confident when he got in the game, Jake. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know his stats were not great, but he had one long throw that was called back for for a penalty, which mm-hmm. we're still not even sure what the heck the penalty was. Yeah. Um, uh, CJ Dupree dropped a pass. He really should have had all, all completions. Uh, I I thought he threw with confidence. He threw with great timing and rhythm, and and I think you're seeing a guy that's starting to you know everybody's about instant gratification. He was mm-hmm. a five star prospect, so they thought he'd show up and be a five-star college player. Man, not every guy develops that way. Right. So I think the guy we saw against South Florida to the guy we saw against Kentucky is a totally different player. I think it's a more confident player, a more a guy that's more comfortable in the Alabama offense. And so I was really pleased with the way Ty Simpson just kind of commanded the field when he was when he took over for Milrose. So I, I was really pleased to see that because, you know, there's been a lot of talk, but, you know, if Milrose goes down, Alabama's in trouble. And I, and I do think that Milrow gives Alabama that X factor offensively mm-hmm. that makes them from being very good to being potentially elite. I'm not sure Todd Simpson can give Alabama that this year. So Alabama needs Milrow to be healthy, but I, I don't, I, I don't think I, I'm confident that Todd Simpson could win games for Alabama this year because he just seems to maybe have turned that corner as well. And, now I'm worried the dude's going to be gone in the, in the transfer portal. <laughs> I, I know. I was really impressed with Ty Simpson as well. And one of the funny things that, that stands out is uh, old Gary Danielson. We we just love 
Gary, you know, and uh, and not Gary Danielson, but one of the other guys. Uh, it was I forgot his eleven o'clock show, but Jordan forgot, Rogers. Jordan Rogers, yeah, but he was just talking about how um, you know, he wasn't that fast as, as a prospect, and then he takes off with like a thirty yard run, and he, he jukes like, the dude out of jukes yeah. the dude out of his shoes at the yeah. line of scrimmage and picks up a first down. Yeah, and Jordan Rogers was like, well, he just proved me wrong there, you know. I was like, yeah, so you know, he comes into the pro. And I, I've I've heard a lot of people talk about. He do, he doesn't run well. I'm like, what are you seeing? He's he's done an eight a. Yeah, I mean he can run the ball. He was like you said, a dual threat quarterback and dual threats or passing and running. As far as I, I mean, yeah, I mean, guy, like, best I can remember. <laughs> apparently, Jordan Rogers didn't do his homework because Ty right. was the number one dual threat quarterback coming out of high school. So yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know what what he was thinking. Now maybe he was speaking in relative terms and relative right. to Jalen Milrow, he's not fast. But <laughs> no. you know. A, who is either. though? Yeah, I mean, so right. like, everything's relative. So maybe he was comparing him to Jalen Milrow. Yeah, I agree. But Ty, Ty, I was really impressed. It's you could tell the confidence level, like you said, was yeah, a lot different. He was he was just like he belonged, and, and right. I use that phrase a lot, like especially when I'm talking, like you know, just to friends, like that's one thing I watch for, especially in a day, and especially with quarterbacks. Does he look like? he belongs mm -hmm. or does he look like he's out of place and and he against kentucky jake he just looked calm cool and collected now i know album was up big there was no chance they were going to lose the game right. so that might have a little bit to do with it but he he threw with great confidence and was just really running the album offense with confidence and i was just happy to see that man that quarterback room took a beating following that south florida game jake Yep. And, and 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 the whole team did as well. But Jake, that quarterback room, there wasn't nobody in the country that was talking good things about Alabama's quarterback room. Right. And so I, I I'm just happy to see that that not only is Milrow becoming, you know, honestly one of the stars of college football. I mean, he is up there among the best players in college football at this exact moment. But it's also nice to see Ty, that Ty Simpson has progressed as well and seems to have some confidence uh, here down the stretch for Alabama. So it's just it's just good to see especially considering where they all were at, uh, you know, in week three of this season. Yeah, and you got to give credit to uh, Tommy Reese for, yeah. for development and not only for getting the playbook right from Milrow to, to be successful, but the development of Milrow and of Ty Simpson. Because like you said, Stace, I feel like I, I hope Milrow stays healthy because, like you said, he gives us the best chance to win, especially in, in the Nets, you know, Besides this game, the next two games coming up that we have, the SC Championship game in Auburn. But if something happens and Ty Simpson goes down, I have, I do have confidence in Ty Simpson that he can lead us to a victory if everybody plays like they should, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you said, he may not have the X factor like Milrow does, but he can get the job done as well. No doubt about it. All right, Jake. Let's get to our score predictions uh, before we wrap up the show. Uh, and if and when uh, jump in the comments, let us know your score predictions, your thoughts on the game, your bold predictions, your key players, all that stuff. Let us know there in the comment sections because we we would love to interact with you there uh, as well. All right, Jake, let me know how this game is going to play out and your score prediction for Saturday at dreaded eleven o'clock kickoff. <laughs> um, well, I'm you know I'm hoping. Again, like we've talked about, do not have a letdown in this game. Do not play down to your opponent. Play play up like you're playing somebody important. Because I feel like, you know, at this point, because um, apparently the committee will not move us up for nothing, we could win this game 100 or nothing and still not move up apparently. So 
style points. You need style points and you need complete domination. And, and by complete domination, it let it be like the, the time this def, the defense several years ago did not allow LSU in the national championship game past 50 yards until late in the fourth quarter. You know, that type of domination and have the offense just dominate and, and score every single time they get the ball. No mistakes, mistakes free. And win this game 52 to three, 52 to seven, something like that, maybe even 55 to seven. But you need you need to go out and make a statement to college football and to the committee because they're not giving you any love right now. Honestly, I, I may be a homer here, but give you're me, definitely a homer. I, yeah, for sure. You <laughs> stay behind me. But the thing about it is give me a team who has improved throughout the entire season like Alabama has. I don't think you can because, like I've said before, everybody's kind of peaked right now. We know what everybody, everybody has. You don't know what Alabama has because I feel like the offense still has not hit their mark yet. And that's scary because, I mean, we've got three – we got two games left in the regular season and this offense still hasn't peaked. You yeah. Know, it's that's a great – that's a great point, Jake. And 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 before we wrap up, we'll touch a little bit on the, on the committee here. But I want to get yeah. – my score prediction is 55-7 Alabama. I go. think for all those things that you said, they come out, play well – Kind of with not a chip on their shoulder, but with something to prove, Jake. They they right. they want to prove that they're one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely. I think they are. I think right now you can make the argument that Georgia and Alabama are the top two teams in the country. I really believe mm-hmm. that. Michigan yep. has not. They played Penn State. Penn State couldn't score on me and you. They they, they, <laughs> they I mean they fired their offensive coordinator. That tells you what they think about their offense. Right. Uh, you know. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan's going to play each other. That, that'll work itself out. Yep. I'm not sold on Ohio State's quarterback of being good enough to win a championship. So uh, I just I think right now, you know, mm-hmm. Alabama and Georgia are playing the best, the their, both their best football of the season so far. And mm-hmm. God, that matchup in three weeks is going to be a doozy in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to mention about the Ohio State Michigan game: whoever plays and gets to their championship. Iowa, even though they can't score, they're not giving up any scores either. Iowa's defense, I mean, it is legit. So hey, their 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 corner, their top corner got hurt today at practice, is what I heard. No, that ain't good. So that, that might change things, but you know, their defense has been really, really good. They can't score to, you know, falling mm-hmm. out of a hitting water, falling out of a bucket right now. But their defense has been legit. So that that could give either Ohio State or Michigan a tough chance. They could accidentally win that that you know, Big Ten championship because they're because of their defense. So, you know, again, if that works itself out, have one loss, but let's get to the committee because I know you got some words about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, I just, I want to know, I want to know, know what that conversation is in, in the, in, in their selection process because either, either who you play matters. Right. And the strength of schedule matters. Or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, if I'm Alabama, if I'm Georgia, if I'm Ohio State, if I'm Michigan, if I'm whoever, I'm never once ever scheduling a Power 5 opponent out of conference again. Nope. If the if the total end-all, be-all objection for this committee is that teams go undefeated, mm-hmm. then why in the world, if you're in Alabama or Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever, would you play somebody in the non-conference that is a power five school that could potentially beat you. Why would you right. play North Dakota state play, you know, you, you mass. 
Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> yeah, I mean. play Bishop Sycamore. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I just want to know what is what benefit does it give you for scheduling tough non-conference opponents if you're not going to be rewarded for it, even right. if you lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're telling me that all it takes is winning, then I'm not scheduling those games. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can. I can somewhat buy Texas being ranked to hell Alabama at this moment. They do on the head-to-head. But I dare anyone to look at me with a straight face and say, you think Texas beats Alabama Saturday afternoon? No, not a chance. So I think at some point, you know, common sense, eye test, the body of work, the total number of teams that you've beaten that are quality opponents should matter. Alabama's got three wins against top 20 opponents, all by two scores or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alabama, out of the top 10 teams in the country, has the best opponent win-loss record of anybody in the country. Right. So, strength of schedule should matter. Who you play should matter. And the whole body of work, not just a game that happened in week two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, Texas has a loss to a team that has two losses. <laughs> right. And one of those losses to an Oklahoma State team that lost to like Central Florida or, or South, yeah. whoever it was. I they, mean, so, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, w- I just want to know does strength of schedule matter? Does bo- And does body of work matter? Because if it does, then you can't put, especially Oregon ahead of Alabama or Texas for that matter. Right. They've beaten Utah. Mm-hmm. I see They've it. They've beaten Utah. I see it. So I, I just I don't it's it, it's frustrating because they talk out of both sides of the mouth. They do. They do. So I, I, I don't know it, it, I don't know if that made any sense to anybody what <laughs> I just what I just said, but it's just it, it just gets frustrating. Look Alabama just needs to take care of their business. That's all they can do is take care of their business. And if the committee wants to leave them out for whatever reason, that's their prerogative. Obviously, they can do what they want to do. But none of those guys would ever leave, or ladies, whoever's on that committee, would ever pass a lie detector test and say that Alabama's not one of the four best teams in the country. If Alabama goes 12-1 and with an SEC championship victory over Georgia and they're not put in the playoffs, there's not going to be one committee member that can pass a lie detector test that says that Alabama's not one of the four best teams. Right. 100%. 100%. And so I, I just – and then they get up there uh, on, on ESPN and, and they act like they're some kind of God and how – like they have all the answers, Jake, and you can tell they don't know crap. They don't. <laughs> they, they, they look at the most simplistic view of what it takes to and, – and like they moved up – who was they moved up? They moved up Missouri five spots. To number nine. And yeah. they got two losses. So evidently, evidently, number of losses don't matter to some teams, but they do for other teams. Right. Exactly. I just because because they put them ahead of Louisville, right? Yeah, and Louisville's only got one loss right now. Louisville's got one loss. Okay, so that tells you, well, the the win loss is not quite as important, except for Alabama and Texas and Oregon, and you know, then right. it don't, you know, we're we're not going to pay attention to that side of it within with these few teams, right? They they talk out of both sides of the mouth, Jake. 
You yep. can't and, trust them. You can't nope. trust them. And like you've already mentioned, they apparently they do not care about strength of schedule either. Because no, you know, Alabama's is up there with anybody's. Yeah, and we're we're eighth out of the one loss teams. <laughs> yeah, I just mm, it, it, it's crazy. I'm not saying Alabama should be in the top four right now. I'm not saying that. I'm just right. saying there ain't a soul in this country that believes there's seven teams better than Alabama right now. Right. Like you said, they'll fail out to test. I'm sorry. They would. They would. They, they would, would fail it in a heartbeat. I the, mean, the person wouldn't finish the question, and they'd fail it. I mean, this is getting a situation kind of like last year. Here we go with our homerness again. But you couldn't tell me the way Alabama season was ended last year. They won the four, one of the four best teams. Yeah, but hey, let's put TCU in there because because <laughs> they they uh they only had one loss and it was right. in their conference championship game. Forget who all they played and how they barely escaped every single team they played by the yeah. skin of their teeth. Forget all that. Mm-hmm. We gotta let them in. They're the most deserving. Right. And then they they end up killing Michigan, which usually happens in Michigan because they don't play nobody again besides Ohio State and whoever wins that usually gets blown out in the playoffs anyway. So that but they then they play Georgia and what happens? Georgia puts sixty something points up on them. Georgia I'm, beat them like a redheaded stepchild. And I mean, if you're a redheaded stepchild yeah. watching this, I'm sorry. Yeah. But my gosh, I mean, they I mean, beat them like a the drum. very first snap. Very first yeah. snap. You knew it. They was over. They had no chance. TCU didn't belong in the same city as as Georgia, much less the same football field. Right. And Jake, we all knew it. We all knew it. The committee yeah. members knew it, Jake. They yeah. knew it. In their heart of hearts, they knew it. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's and, what that's what makes yeah. it frustrating. Yeah. And what did Alabama do last year in the bowl game against the team that beat TCU for their championship? Cl- clobbered them. <laughs> clobbered them. Yeah. Clobbered so, them. I mean, the, the committee, they, they just, like you said, they talk out both sides of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah, what's good for one team is not for the other. And vi- right. it, it's, just, it's crazy to me. It is the, the, the and that's when it when they when I saw that Missouri jumped all the way up to ninth, I thought, hey, they're they're looking at they're they're looking at how teams are playing right now, right? Because I, I think was, you could make the argument the way Missouri's playing right now, they are probably the ninth best team. So I thought, right. hey, they're probably they're probably going to slide some teams up. They're going to swap some things around. I thought Alabama might move up to maybe sixth or seventh or you know somewhere, mm-hmm. but no, oh no, no, no we're going to keep them at eight. We're going to keep but, them at eight. <laughs> And I'm not saying they have bias towards Alabama. I don't know. I don't know anybody on that committee, but I do. I, I do know that they they can't say with a straight face that there's seven teams better than Alabama right now. No, nobody in the nation can. And you know, you know what the point of the of the of the of the playoff selection each week? It's the best teams at this moment, right? That, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. wasn't the case, why would you release the poll every week? Why wouldn't you just wait until the season's over with? If it right. wasn't about what you're seeing each and every week, mm-hmm. then why release a poll every week? Yeah, exactly. So it's either A, th- th- there's a couple options. Either A, they don't care if they get it right. They're just kind of getting together and saying, ah, yeah, this looks okay. Right. B, they are completely incompetent. Mm-hmm. Or C, they have it out for certain teams, and I'm not just saying Alabama, right? Because there's no way Texas should be ranked behind Oregon, right? There's no way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a scenario that that could potentially happen, and I was talking to somebody at work about this today that 
the way I feel if this if this does happen, if Alabama does run the table and and wins the SEC championship game, and then Oregon, you know, beats whoever they play for the their championship. I guess it'd be Washington. Mm-hmm. You have two one loss teams there. At that point, money's got to take into consideration. And are you going to tell me that the that the Pac twelve is going to make more money in the playoffs with revenue than than the SEC would an SEC champion? And the answer is no. If Alabama runs the table, I feel like you're going to, have to put an in, put them in just for the money aspect of it. Yeah. Hey, I bet that's people ain't never going to admit it, but I bet that's a factor, Jake. Yeah, money is always a factor in everything now. I mean, look mm-hmm. at NIL. Everything, yeah. everything's about money now, yeah. and it's ruined the college, game of college football. And we could talk for hours about that, but we're not going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, right now, this is a good time to stop it. We're gonna, we're going to yeah. go ahead and wrap the show up. Uh, did not mean to go on the tangent and the rant about the college football playoff committee, but much needed uh, though. <laughs> it's much needed because it's just frustrating to, to see the top. I mean, they're the leadership of college. They're they're they are college football right now. Right. And they, I don't trust them. And if you nope. can't trust the people that are making the biggest decisions for the sport at the mm-hmm. time, yep, you're in a world of hurt. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you so much for watching our preview and prediction show for Chattanooga at Alabama. It kicks off at 11 a.m. Central on Saturday morning, uh, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus, whatever. So you have to stream it through that. It will not be on TV. Just a reminder. Also, there will be no biscuits for Bama this Saturday. My son has a basketball game bright and early Saturday morning, so I will not be available for that. Uh, but uh, we will be back on the Bleacher Report app following the game to give our instant reaction to Chattanooga at Alabama. So make sure you tune in there as well. But it's been a lot of fun. Make sure you jump in the comments. Let us know your thoughts on this game. Smash that like button and subscribe to the channel. And we'll see you guys real soon. But until then, roll tide. Roll tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.